Hey, what's up, dorks? Welcome to the Dorkiest Podcast. I'm your dorkiest hoax, Mike. And uh, joining me this week, I'd like to introduce you all to the dorkiest co-host, Daniel. How you doing today, Daniel? I'm doing pretty good, Mike. How about you? I'm doing great, man. It's good to it's good to formally introduce you to the podcasting world. This is your first podcast, is, is that right? That's correct. I've longtime listener of podcasts, first time hoster of podcasts. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Any any podcasts that you like in particular? Oh, uh, you know, there's just, this uh, show. A leading question. A leading question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's one show with these two dorks that let's see, I talk about music. I don't know if you ever heard of them or anything. Uh, skinny with Mike and Adam. That's that's a plug right there. Uh, sounds like something I wouldn't enjoy. Yeah. yeah. I heard the host is kind of uh, kind of dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The the, the mic part of that. Yeah, the, 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 that guy. Something's definitely wrong with that guy. But uh, <laughs> welcome, uh, well, uh, welcome. For, let me let me formally uh, um, uh, welcome you to the to the world of podcasting. If you don't know, folks, I'm uh, or if you're you know a fan of the skinny with Mike and Adam, I'm your uh, I'll, I'll be your host of the dorkiest. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll be the horse. Uh, I'll be the host of the dorkiest, and we're gonna have a revolving uh, group of co-hosts. And uh, you know, Daniel uh, being you know of of the group that we have here, uh, you know, one of the more experienced uh, uh, gamers. Do you like that term, by the way? Before we go, like, I don't like the term gamer. Yeah, I don't because it has such connotations to like the whole elite gamer as a culture of like the late two thousands, early twenty tens. I was like, I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah, it's it's a it's it, admittedly every time I hear it or read it, like I kind of cringe a lot, and it's like, oh, so we're gonna try to avoid using that term as best we can. But you know, but but Daniel, as a gamer, you know, seeing as this is a, a gaming centric podcast, uh, would you like to talk a little bit about uh, you yourself? Uh, where are you from? You know, um, what what made you kind of get into gaming and how long have you been into gaming all right well i said i am from the lovely lovely state of alabama don't come here mike it's a trap i was about to say you know one of the reasons why we're doing this remotely you know we've been (laughs) we've been uh uh like associated with one another for quite a long time for a few years now you know you've been a big fan of the skinny with mike and adam i first knew you as dance shomo dance and then i knew you as daniel and then i knew you as the recovering scene kid and now i know you as daniel again you keep <laughs> switching names up on me man but uh yeah one of the things that we're one of the reasons why we're doing this remotely uh is because yeah you live in alabama uh, i live in california and you know at the moment it's not uh, possible for us to get together and do this in person not unless you come to california because i'm not i'm not going to alabama dude no. <laughs> yeah i know me. that we're uh, gonna like I said, we're gonna keep this video game centric not gonna touch on music a lot but uh i am just annoyed it seems like every band that has announced a tour has decided <laughs> to avoid this section of the country like the plague <laughs> Oh, I mean, we are just getting over a plague right now. I so, too, so I guess that, <laughs> I have four choice words, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, g- give it time. You know, once 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 things really start opening up, once kind of uh, numbers and vaccination numbers get, start going up, you know, I'm sure people will come around. The, uh, the, the Do bands usually come around like Mobile? Or? Uh, usually uh, the closest you're going to get is New Orleans, which is about a two and a half hour drive. Yikes. That's a that that's a local drive here in california not for the same reasons though <laughs> yeah it's either that or i drive five hours to like 
Atlanta. <laughs> These Oof. are my options. Yikes. Or, I mean, there's plenty of uh, country music artists, I'm sure. That's, uh, know, yes, but uh, I know I have ears. I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, music music talk aside, you know, we've known each other for uh, you know quite a few years. This is the first time we've ever you know, collaborated. You know, not you know the first of many, of course. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm well aware of your uh, love of music, modern music, the modern scene, and and beyond. But uh, you know, what I well, we we touched upon this like in private conversation, but like I don't know too much about like your gaming history. Like, how long have you? been like a huge fan of games like how long you've been playing uh really honestly about as long as i can remember like i have just just always been gaming consoles in the house because i have an older brother so i played on his consoles when i was little and then i eventually grew into it myself oh cool what was the first console you played uh snes we had one in our den oh right on dude Oh, so I, I guess for context too, like uh, I, I don't want to go into assuming people know, like who I am and or, you know who you are. So, but like you know, I'm I'm 34. I'm going to be 35 in just a couple months. How old are you, Daniel? Uh, just turned 24. Right on. Yeah. So we got a little bit of an age gap between the two of us. Of course, you know, if you checked out uh the pilot episode from just a few days ago, huge age gap between me yeah. and the, the co-host from there. But uh, and that's one of the great things too. Like, well, I. I <clears throat> One of the things I'm fascinated about when doing this show with you, I'm really excited about doing, is that I want to talk to people and 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 get the different perspectives. And I want to know like when you started gaming, how long you've been started, what did you start on, and uh, you know, and how that has kind of shaped your tastes going forward. So SNES, which you know, that's that's uh, that that's a pretty great way to start. You know, I I, I personally didn't have an NES. I had a neighbor. Who had an SNES? I, you know, I didn't grow up very wealthy, uh, so I had a Game Boy, and that kind of like really carried me <laughs> through like my love of game. Like I just kind of picked up a bunch of really good and not so good Game Boy games, and that really like satiated me until I finally got a PlayStation. Uh, so you know, I went from NES to Game Boy. And then basically played played with my neighbors and friends from the neighborhood until I got a PlayStation in like '97. So, uh, what what were the some of the first games you played on a NES? Uh, let's say first the basic ones like Super Mario World, Super Mario One, uh, Donkey Kong, uh, a game that I I swear I can't find anyone that knows about this game that I can talk to. Earthworm Jim is an underrated classic. SNES oh man, game. yeah, my neighbor had that game, and that was one that I th- that I thought was like so cool because it was so weird. Like it's that '90s weird, right? And yes. Like, like how like, how gross can we get, dude? It's like it's a worm, but like it has a gun, dude. <laughs> it's like uh, Ren and Stimpy at the video game is how I described it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very much on that same game where it's like it's just trying to do that '90s gross out humor, but like yeah, but like as a platformer, like that's a that, that's some good like platform design in that one if i remember correctly you know i haven't of course you know visited revisited in a long time but that'd be one that I'd, I'd be curious to go back and you know see if it holds up uh you know by today's standards too yeah i remember that was definitely my earliest gaming experience the first console i owned personally was a playstation one mm. Mm. man so many good memories on that one so like how old were you when you got one of those 
the fact that I can't remember indicates in my brain I was probably had to be like six or seven. Yeah, so pretty young then. So uh, yeah. how would you get access to games? You know, game, gaming is not, you know, even, even especially these days, you know, gaming is not a inexpensive hobby. Uh, you, you know, we, we can rent stuff, you know, there's, there's, I guess there's digital sales if you're a PC gamer too, but like, how did you gain access to games back then? Were you just kind of fortunate enough that your parents just kind of got them for you or did you just kind of rely on your older brother? It was uh, probably both of those. Like if I actually have my PlayStation sitting just a little ways from me under my TV. You're the same one? Same one, yeah. Oh man, that is awesome. Man, I got rid of my, you know, you know, because I, you know, didn't grow up very wealthy. Like I got rid of, like my old consoles and stuff and like oh it's it's one of those like things like i I wish i could take them back you know i just even if not just to play just to like have it just on the shelf just as like a you know a legacy thing you know (laughs) yeah that's exactly why i have it and i looked through like catalog of games earlier they are all very child oriented i told not nothing that i think i could play much now oh sure sure let's see i aside from spyro have the spyro trilogy that's it, which is that holds up. But oh, yeah, that yeah. it's like some Power Ranger games and uh, I think a Lion King tie-in video game <laughs> on the PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, I remember the uh, the the Genesis the like the Genesis and the SNES version of Lion King. That holds up, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the uh, 2D side scroller. Yeah, yeah. So the this PlayStation one was a. 3d platformer it, it or was what? a 3d it was 3d platformer 3d does not hold up by the way oh yeah those 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 early playstation 1 3d platformers nightmare dude <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, like i didn't realize how bad spyro looks until like i saw the remaster that i, that I put in i was like what's the original look like? i was like oh my god the so few polygons yeah like the the four triangles that make up uh, <laughs> spyro, spyro. <laughs> right man it's so crazy like you know how much our imagination filled in you know what was lacking back in the day like i know right it's like these games like i swear these games looked good when i was a child (laughs) you know i think it's probably a good thing that like we were young back then because i think maybe if we were our age and then getting into the playstation one right away and it's like oh oh, okay this is oh okay i'm just gonna go you know outside and play basketball instead (laughs) So, yeah, and especially, you know, on that same note, too, you know, last year, you know, my favorite game of last year was, uh, uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake for a, a plethora of reasons, because Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. And it, and Final Fantasy VII is one of those games that, like, I play at least once every year just to replay it. And you want to talk about, like, filling in the gaps, dude, with your imagination, like... <laughs> Uh, have you played a lot of like uh, any of the Final Fantasy games? Or I know that... nothing about Final Fantasy. My old roommate oh. was, obs- was obsessed with it. Like he, I'm pretty sure he played eight a lot. I could mm-hmm. be reading it wrong, but I, he played that a lot. <laughs> like oh, I walk in, I'd be like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "He's like Final Fantasy." I, I would complain saying like, "Don't you have any new games to play?" But well, I know we'll get to it when we talk about my favorite game of all time. I have no room for t- to talk about playing a game to death. <laughs> <laughs> well that's why we're here dude yeah that, that's oh that's interesting so you don't have any experience with the final fantasy i couldn't tell like... you what the plot of a single game is i think it's a <laughs> blind spot for me i was like i yeah we're i just feel like to, i missed that we're gonna have to put like a bucket list for this show dude like i'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to get you to play at least one 
of like the the PlayStation era uh, Final Fantasy games. And, and luckily, like they're available everywhere too. Like there's even like mobile ports of uh, pretty much most of them. So yeah, well, we're 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 gonna count that as a bucket list item for you to do. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you touched upon it. Uh, and one of the things I want to talk uh, to you about today is uh, similar to what we did on uh, the on the pilot episode from just a few days ago when we talked to my 13 year old daughter Zoe is because you can kind of garner a lot about a person's taste and about you know a lot about their experience of what kind of games that they like uh, well, I want to talk to you about what is your favorite game of all time or games you know whatever you want to throw in there if you want to shout out a few of them or, or you know count yeah. up uh i i tried to narrow this list down as possible i had i figured that i had to talk about five the oh, top yeah, let's the do top, that the top one will obviously the one i spend most time on but i figured like these five games really sum up kind of my early gaming experience into more of my, what i like in games now that's what i like to hear baby let's dive in <laughs> all right so all right uh let's let's start from the bottom let's what's your number five number five would be halo reach Halo Reach, right on, man. So the this is with the Xbox 360, right? Yes, it was the okay, first cool. Halo game that I myself played, but I had experience with Halo because I vividly remember being like seven or so and seeing my watching my brother play the original Halo on the original Xbox, and I thought mm-hmm. it was the coolest game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Halo is a uh, kind of like a blind spot for me. Like I had an Xbox and an Xbox 360, uh, but for me, my experience with Halo was getting Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, you know, because that was the big game he got on uh, on Xbox Prime, as I like to call it. We can't call it the Xbox One because. Oh, that's <laughs> i hate xbox we, we need to have a discussion at some point about console names and xbox oh, has to answer for something don't get me started on the xbox one and don't get me started on the wii u Microsoft, <laughs> uh, nintendo what are you doing but anyway oh, so <laughs> halo combat evolved i played that because of course that's the game that you play on there uh and i played halo 4 uh so and i but i didn't finish halo 4 it's one of my very few games that I just kind of dropped. Uh, so what is it about the Halo franchise? I know you said you started with Reach. Reach is a spinoff of three? It's a prequel. It's it, like Master Chief. It's like the only ga- main game in the series that Master Chief is not a character in. Okay. Is, is, so it's basically that... the events leading up to Halo 1. Like the end of Halo Reach is the beginning of Halo. Combat so it's essentially Wars. Halo 0. Basically, yes. Okay, cool. What about ODST? That's a spinoff of 3? Because I know 3 is in the title. Ah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I guess that one takes place during, I think, Halo 3, but you're following different characters. I didn't play oh, it's like, ODST. It's like concurrent to 3? Yes, I believe so. Okay. I'm sure they big Halo fans are going to kill me if I'm wrong, but that <laughs> no, one I never good, plays. Good. Yeah, so, you, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by like the popularity of Halo because like personally, like for Halo Combat Evolved, like, I finished it just because it was like maybe at the time it was like the only Xbox game that I had. Um, but um, it, for some reason, like the lore didn't stick with me or I don't know what it was like. I mean, I love the way that it controlled on console, of course. Right. Like prior to the popularity of Combat Evolved, like first person shooters on consoles were a nightmare. You know, I, I don't know if you have any experience like playing first person shooters from before. But like, can you imagine like turning the camera with like the shoulder buttons Oh, and like shooting with like oh. the face buttons. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, no, I did not. I, I, that's a little bit before my time of first for shoes, and that sounds horrible. That 
yeah, that was the reality. That's just how. And then every like developer kind of had their own different control scheme. Like we're fortunate these days where it's pretty much expected that like the left shoulder button is like the aim down the sights and the right shoulder button is the is, is to shoot, right? I mean that's yeah, the combat. You use thumbsticks to look and or move. Yeah, and then the yeah, it's the right the right thumbstick. Yeah, and, and that's and that's and we have combat evolved to thank for that. Like, you know, and I, I did read like so I read I read this like re- really interesting article. There was like this um very unsuccessfully or unpopular game that was like on PlayStation 2 or GameCube or something that had those controls but then like there was a reviewer that like went down hard on them because like oh these controls are they make no sense like why would I use the shoulder buttons to shoot and it's like oh wow it's like <laughs> this was a oh. different time yeah I was like all right that guy uh his his take did not that was not a good take in hindsight yeah I wonder if that guy's still reviewing games you know it's like <laughs> this, uh, this Mario character I don't I don't know about this one I, I think this is like you know gonna be left in the dust but the, see, what's this call of duty thing that this will never take off <laughs> this will be a fad you know <laughs> but uh but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by like the, the 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 popularity of Halo like even to this day you know we're still waiting on the on the release of Halo Infinite which is probably gonna be like I, I'm pretty confident it'll be at the end of this year we're recording this before e3 of course so no release date but um tell me a little bit about why halo uh, why you like halo oh uh, like i said i have those early memories of watching my brother play halo combat evolved and i just thought it was the coolest looking game like it like this whole idea and i was obsessed with like because you know i i watched him when i when i was there i, when I wasn't there all the time so i didn't know what the story was from level to level so it's like interesting me trying to have to piece together what is going on in this game yeah visually it's very stunning too like i I can imagine even you didn't understand the story just like seeing the like the uh, the monster designs and like the designs of those cool guns and you know it's very like space operatic too which you know that would get the imagination going like crazy yeah, and I really remember like the idea of shooting them, and their blood is comes out blue. That really is, like, yeah. a visually striking image. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, th- this is this is a game for grown-ups, man. Like, I'm watching something special right here. <laughs> yeah, and well, then that's I, cool. Like I said, and then I'm sure my brother played Halo Two. I don't have a lot of memories about Halo Two, and I do remember watching a lot of stuff about Halo Three on YouTube and. I don't think you can really talk about people my age getting into Halo without mentioning the web series Red versus Blue did have mm-hmm. that was a factor. Interestingly enough, like my wife, who, um, who you know, uh, listeners of the show, I'm sure we'll get to know her soon. Like I, I, I have plans to do an episode with her at some point. But um, my wife has never played Halo. But she was a big fan of Red versus Blue. She she uh, admitted to me not too long ago, and I thought that was like wow that, that that's either just you just found that on the internet and just found it hilarious enough to just keep you know checking it out or you have to have that um you know exposure to this you know halo series and just kind of get in through that way so she's like that very small percentage of someone like who has no idea what halo is but like loved fred and red versus blue <laughs> i i have a small secret to admit i i own the first 10 seasons on dvd <laughs> Oh my god! I, I can't. I'll, you know, I used to watch a G four, and I remember they advertised like the box set. On I, I have the I have the first five season box set sitting on my shelf behind me. Oh my gosh! Is that still available on YouTube? 
I think you can, but I, you can watch on YouTube, but it's mostly through their website. They've they've definitely gone way heavier on their website and they're oh, kind of right, steering right, away yeah. from YouTube. What what is the what is the visual quality of the of, of them on DVD? Is it like is it still like in like a four by three aspect ratio? <laughs> and like... It looks so bad on it, like an HD TV <laughs> at the Halo One graphics. Like, yeah, the giant black bars around it, and nice. the audio quality is so bad. Like the, the the four the four triangles that make up Spyro show up too, and <laughs> yeah. well, that's but, cool, uh, man. But yeah, specifically for Halo Reach, why I love that game so much is a combination of I love the story. Like to me, the story was just very cool. I have always liked military fiction. That's always just been like and sci-fi. Obviously, so those two things I love. I love the whole covert operation set up for stories i don't know why that's just always been an obsession of mine oh that's cool so it was so hate reach was like your first exposure to the story or did you like kind of catch up before then like i kind of knew the basics because i got okay. watch people on youtube play it but this was my first time really getting in and playing it hands-on myself so getting into the story and be fully immersed into it yeah, right on. And I, and I from what from what I understand too, Halo Reach still has kind of a pretty vibrant online community too. Like did you dabble uh, online? Oh, I was a huge online gamer. We may get to that right in on. one of the later games on my list. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was a tease I, for the I, future. I, I was um, like I was like I get done I get home from get done with school and I just hop on I play Halo Reach for hours. Oh man. You're one of those I was, kids. Yes, I was. I was very much like the hardcore as a multiplayer gamer. And I think the other reason I like Halo Reach is just not even the online stuff, just all the stuff I, all the memories I have with like my friends growing up playing it. Because mm-hmm. that was like Most, my first. Mostly online, or did you guys do like the local co op or local multiplayer as well? I'd say a little bit of both, but a lot of it was just the friends here. You know, we'd hop in on the Xbox Live party and just mess around. Like I remember the day I bought Halo Reach, I got on with my friends who had owned it for a while. Oh, that's so good, man. <laughs> so that's one thing. It's like if I went back and played Halo Reach now, I don't know how much I love it, but it's almost because that nostalgia and all those memories attached to it. That's why I was like, it has to be on this list. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, nostalgia really plays a lot. I think for most people too, like most people who've been playing games as long as you and I have in our lives, like I think nostalgia really plays a huge part of why we return to games and why we, you know, why we kind of choose to make these you know call these games our favorites too you know final fantasy 7 like i mentioned not a perfect game you know it's 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 you know story's got you know a little bit of inconsistencies here like you know some of the some of the um like translations to english don't really fit well in like the tone of the story that they're telling and even like the combat's like you know it's turn-based and you know there's some things that they could you know they could have like fixed up here and there, but like just because of my memories of those characters and my memories of, you know, that being like my first big story game and like, and like my heartbreaking in certain parts and like the first time I was really invested. And that was the first game that like taught me that games could be more than just like, you know, just a toy that you play with every now and then. Right. So, you know, it sounds like Halo Reach was, you know, one of those kind of defining moments in your life as a as a gamer you know uh so that 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 and that's those those are stories that i love hearing too like those are the ones like i love to hear like you, you can tell how important 
this game and your moments with these games meant to you, you know? Totally, yeah. That's it. I said that's the best thing about games, in my opinion. Oh, so we, I, I can tell we're going to have a good time with this podcast, Daniel. So, <laughs> uh, what do you? What's your number four? Number four, keeping in kind of the same vein, that that same era of Halo Reach, and I feel this one. I almost felt embarrassed. Like, no, I have to think of something better to put on this list than this game. This game's just—it's too easy to put on a list like this. But I had to go with it. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, just for the time I put into this game, had mm. me on this list. That, you know, I don't play a lot of um, online game or online multiplayer a lot these days, but man, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 on Xbox 360, if you probably, if you somehow knew the amount of hours that you put into that game, I'm sure I could probably match it, man. That was, <laughs> that was, again, when it, that was a, it, but just pure hours like i think that's probably one of my top five games of all time just for how much time i put into it man that is a that is an addiction <laughs> it it was it possibly unhealthy but oh yeah i mean <laughs> but you know being like a 13 14 year old what else are you gonna do with your time yeah <laughs> you 13 14 year old in alabama am i t- am i right high all five right. oh that was too mean all right no what but, but it was true <laughs> oh man so were was this before or after your um love of call of duty uh, or sorry halo reach i think it's about the same time i couldn't tell you which one i picked up first okay this is 2011 i think right if i me- if memory serves me correct yes that sounds correct let's okay. see like i said it's just mar marvel for two is the first Call of Duty game I really played like I played the original Modern Warfare with my when I went over to a friend's house who already owned on PS3 actually because he had a PS3 mm-hmm. as I played it there and I really liked it but to me uh, Marvel Warfare 2 what makes it so good is not even taking away the multiplayer aspect which is probably the biggest driving force behind the game that story is still so good the campaign yeah, is, I love it you know Call of Duty gets a lot of flack or you know just being like oh it's you know the story is over in like 45 minutes and you know it's the story's just there to teach people how to play multiplayer you know and uh it, it, i'm to be fair i haven't played all of the call of duty games uh i think call of duty modern warfare 2 was probably where i stopped playing because you know again i put too many hours into there and i, I had to make a conscious decision to step away but uh call it you're right man call of duty 2 has a very effective story a very with very with a lot of like provocative moments in there you know and a lot of stuff that as i get older i'm like that is really deep themes they were really going for yeah this game yeah obviously when i was 13 or 14 i was not going to notice them right yeah and you know i looked up this is 2009 but uh a lot of the you know military industrial complex messages in the story the you know you know it's about war but you know it, it you know every every movie about war every game about war is has an anti-war message of course but like that anti-war message the 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 playing those missions from the from the enemy's perspective the quote-unquote yeah well i guess they're terrorists so yeah they're 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 very uh it's very very like implied that they're the bad guys but you know the the no russian mission is what i'm talking about yeah but um yeah. yeah and you know just just 
and and it's a direct continuation from Modern Warfare two, from Modern Warfare one too. Another, um, you know, another game, another Call of Duty game with another great story. But uh, yeah, dude, like this, this was a complete package. And what made that game so addicting, at least from my perspective, was um, the tightness of the controls. That was the first yes. time, or maybe it was Modern Warfare one, but like one of those two. Those were the that was the first time, like. I was effortlessly playing an F, uh, an, an FPS, you know, B- you know, prior to that, you know, cause I, I dabbled in it because I didn't really gel with uh, combat evolved a lot. So I kind of stepped away from F- FPSs for a little bit, but then I, because of the hype of call of duty one or, uh, or modern warfare uh, one, like I stepped back in from that one and then I just got addicted. And then the, the, the snappiness, the way that, did you play this on console? You played it on console, right? Yeah, I played it on uh, 360. Yeah, yeah. So the way that like the the, the it's it's part of the design too on console where it just kind of snaps in place to where you need to be aiming, just that kind of aim assist thing. Uh, I think that's you know some people might call that cheating or other, but like that adds so much to the immersion, you know, and that adds and that makes you the player feel so empowered, and that's I think that's what gives that in you know that that endorphin feeling of just continuing to play the game even in multiplayer you know exactly like i said and to me it's crazy to think about games that existed before aim assist because it's just so (laughs) common now it's like show me a first person shooter that doesn't have aim assist anymore yeah yeah I, i imagine you know a game like this with the aim assist but like in old playstation one first person shooters way where you had to control you had to control the camera with the shoulder buttons <laughs> and oh. you had to and you had to shoot with the square button yeah let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how popular call of duty would be now but yeah <laughs> yeah the great pick man that's that's just that, that's an all-time classic and uh, i know the remaster came out um last year uh I, I know you just bought a ps5 uh you and your wife just bought a ps5 a couple months ago uh, did you did you dabble in the the remaster? Uh, I have all? not because we'll probably get to this with my last few picks. But I'm definitely not much of a first person online multiplayer type player at all anymore. Oh, okay, I very much changed my gaming style since then. Well, that's good, man. Evolve, you know, evolve as your tastes evolve, evolve as your perspective, you know, your perspectives evolve. Was this one of the like the last FPSs that you played, or you you kind of I... continued on? I played probably up to up to Call of Duty. I played up through Modern Warfare Three. It was the last Call of Duty game that I bought. Oh, okay, so just like I think that one was the two thousand eleven one. I think that, I I, so either two thousand eleven or twenty thirteen because I think yeah. Black Ops might have been twenty eleven. Yeah, I remember I there was remember a couple playing... in between there, uh, in between yeah. this one and Modern Warfare Three. So yeah, I think it was just kind of like all right, I finished the story of Modern Warfare Three, which is what I kind of loved about it Mm -hmm. because uh like i said there's just the reason i love the game so much and i promise i will not go on about more two all day but the thing i love about it is just there's those moments that just stick with me like the like you're about two-thirds way through the mission and you're and you just get killed yeah i say halfway like two-thirds of the way through the game by your by the guy that's been giving you your missions this entire game yeah, it's like yeah, that yeah. was really evocative, and I was just like, "What, what, what just happened?" <laughs> like that really, yeah. like it made me feel like kind of numb a little bit. I and not, like, not only were you killed by like your commanding officer, but that was the character you've been playing for the first 
for you know for this for game and the prior game. Uh, uh, yes. Actually, it is a different player than the first game. I say, but still, it is a guy that you've been playing this entire game, and then he just gets killed out of nowhere. Okay, I must be misremembering because I, I was thinking that it was soap, right? Uh, you play after your character gets killed in Marvel Two. The last few missions. Oh, then you play, you play as, soap. as soap. That's yeah. right. Okay, yeah, you're you're a member of uh, uh, Prices and Soaps, like uh, like uh, Squad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, just that whole ending monologue from Shepard before you kill him at the end of the game. It's just like, that is some of the best writing in a video game. Yeah, and it's delivered so well. And like, you, it's such a high production. And well, it and, is Optimus know, just, Prime telling this to you. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it has that's to very sound true. good. But uh, yeah, like you said, as, as far as like the story goes, like and just like with all great villains, you know, you hear his monologue and you know as you know some especially from my perspective i've always been anti-war and stuff like that but and he's like oh he's making some good points there guys like i don't know i'm kind of coming on i'm coming on i'm kind of on his side with some of the someone what are you saying so so yeah that it just kind of makes the villain just have have a little bit of empathy before he dies too it's oh so many good moments like you said dude I love that White House mission. That White House mission is a uh, oh, that's so good. I remember, I like, remember so hyped when <laughs> when I was playing that one. Yeah, because the imagery of just a bombed out White House like that. Oh. Talk about evocative imagery. That's that's that, they're trying to say something with that. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they keep your politics out of my games, please. Really, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, Daniel, what's your number three best game of all time? Number three, like my number two and number three, I had a hard time placing them, but I kind of decided like right before I sat down, like, okay, this is the order. I'm just going to go with it. All right. This is, three, this is the final one. You can't change it. Yeah, Once no. it's in a podcast form, you're, it's untouchable now. It's forever. I can never change my opinion ever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold you to that. All right. My number three game of all time is Far Cry 3. Oh, Far Cry. Another uh, blind spot for me, at least. Uh, you know, Far Cry 6 is coming out uh, probably sometime soon. I don't know if there's a release date with that, but the Far I am Cry 3, that's... I mean, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm definitely interested to play 6. I have not played 5 yet. 5 is the first game in the main series that I have not got, just because I didn't have the money at the time, and I was like, I'll wait for it to drop in price, and then I just kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. This is the one with um, that Voss... Is he, is he like a pirate, right? Well, I guess I don't really know what you would consider him, but yes. So that was Desol Voss as the kind of not really main villain. Oh, there's a big twist. Yeah, again, I haven't I haven't played it, so I don't know how much you want to, um, you know. All right, dive well, if in I can give you a quick rundown of basically the plot of the game is you're yeah, some, go for it. You're some rich party boy that you and your friends get kidnapped by Voss, basically as for ransom. You escape, and you basically have to like hone your survival skills to basically rescue all your friends. Okay, yeah. So I'm not because I'm not familiar with the Far Cry series. This is a little bit more open, right? This is a little bit more of an open world shooter. Yes, I believe Far Cry has always jokingly been referred to as the game community as Skyrim with guns. Oh, cool. (laughs) That was kind of what Far Cry Three was called when it came out, (laughs) because it's this nice open world game. It was really one of the games that helped bridge the gap which why i kind of put it right here in the middle between my first person shooter type gaming and what i like more now which is more open world rpg experiences oh cool yeah this sounds like this is exactly the middle ground between that that's right on dude yeah i said i said 
it's just a really great game. Like the controls are so nice. Like I, even going back, if I played it now, like the controls still flow so smoothly for a game that's gotta be. I don't remember exactly how old it is, but uh, it looks like it was first released in two thousand and twelve. Two thousand twelve. I probably played it around twenty thirteen. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's late two thousand twelve. So yeah, the, the timeline sticks. I gotcha. Well, like I said it's just so great. Like it was my first. It was well, by my second, but my first time really getting into like the whole crafting experience how you can upgrade your weapons and upgrade abilities. And it also is a game that made me learn that I love to play stealth. Oh, so does this let, let you kind of choose the way you approach like combat encounters? Yeah, like pretty much every mission you can go just like grenade launcher, like guns blazing, or you can sneak in. And the game doesn't punish you for doing one or the other? Just nope, just... it's up. I mean, if you go in guns blazing and you're not high enough level, it might be harder. Oh. But okay. it's basically like you can go in and approach the mission any way you want. Yeah, yeah. This is this is one of those games that's always kind of highly regarded. And it's just, for whatever reason, I just, I don't, I don't have anything against the Far Cry series or anything like that. It's just, I just never jumped in, you know? <laughs> anyway, maybe it's just because, you, what do you call it, like, they come out so frequently to one another. So I don't know if that changes my perception of it. Cause I know far cry four came out pretty quickly. I think yeah, probably 2014, 2015. Oh, that's a quick turnaround, man. But you know, I guess Ubisoft, they have hundreds of people working on games at all time. Far cry, yeah. far, far cry nine is currently being made right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. Anything else you wanted to like, uh, you know, shout out for this game? Because again, I don't, I don't have a lot of per, I don't have a lot of uh, experience with this one. I got you. Like I said, just like the whole the controls are so great. I the story is pretty interesting. Yeah, I see. And another selling point as a teenager, it had a naked lady in it. So I was of course a selling point for a teenager. <laughs> how'd you how'd you sneak that one past your parents? That's <laughs> like they did not monitor what I bought. So. Ah, <laughs> I see. Basically, it's like you want this? Okay, I don't care. <laughs> you see, it's rated M for many many smiles many happy times <laughs> for this children's game <laughs> yeah but like i said and uh like i said it was just my f- it was really the game that made me fall in love with uh, that whole idea of i see that mountain i can go to that mountain <laughs> oh yeah yeah love it yeah we, we you know zoe and i talked a little bit about or we talked a lot about uh, breath of the wild on the last episode and that's 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 what i love like when you when that that open world design where you see something out in the horizon and you're like, what's that over there? And then the game just lets you go over there. And like, oh, I love it. And it's such a labor. Of, you can tell it's always such a labor of love when the you know open world games just let you do what you want. Yes. Breath of the Wild is like that game in of itself makes me want to buy a Switch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess I guess something we should probably um, uh, talk about that. Like after you're done. Um you know, discussing your favorite games, like you just what, what consoles you currently own and stuff. That way, we can kind of, uh, you know, discuss current stuff. I guess whatever. But uh, you know, wh- whenever the time comes. But uh, you know, but uh, as far as Far Cry Three goes, um, you you so you played Far Cry Four as well. How did that hold up? Far Cry Four was good. I still don't think it's a very good game, and I'd argue probably the actual plot was a little more fleshed out. As I would say, but just. For my enjoyability, personally, it wasn't as good. Probably just because Far Cry 3 was the first one for me. So it's oh, like, okay. it's probably not going to match that, but still a very good game. 
like I said, I uh, didn't play five. I just missed that one. Oh, okay. Six sounds yeah, good, w- though. It has Gus from Breaking Bad in it. How can it, it not does. be good? Who's like everywhere now. Like he's the main <laughs> villain of the Mandalorian as well. This is great. He, he, he went away a little bit after Breaking Bad. After spoiler alert, his character dies and gets blowed up in Breaking Bad. And like he just I haven't seen him in a long time. And then all of a sudden he's in Far Cry six and he's in the Mandalorian. And like he was in t- this movie about like pre- teenage pregnancy that I saw like not too long ago, this indie movie. So he's just all of a sudden he's super busy. So good on him, Gus Fring. Yeah, whatever your actor's name is. <laughs> Some super complicated name that I can't ever remember because it's one of those names that I feel if I say I'm going to be offensive trying to pronounce it. Yeah, Gian- Giancarlo Esposito is what I'm seeing here. So gotcha. Hey, we got it. Hey, we figured it out. We did. We 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 are we're, we're great. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, what's your number two? favorite game again this has to be your number two because you already said what your number three is and we're going to hold you to that all right so my number two favorite game of all time mass effect one i literally just finished my first playthrough of mass effect one last week i got the mass effect uh, legendary edition i had never played mass effect one before i played two and three on a playstation three um man I was missing out, dude. <laughs> Ironically, I have not played two or three. I need to do Whoa! That you haven't finished the story, dude. Uh, no, I know the story because I watched someone I liked on YouTube play all three games, but I personally have not played two or three. Rewind, rewind. Whoa! You haven't played the story for yourself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that, that, that's you, you, just for lack of time or just the games were too expensive at the time or uh, why, why, why did you uh, pass on the sequels? Like I said, I think it was just like they were, I think at the time Mass Effect 3 had just come out so you know, it was pretty expensive and Mass Effect 2, I don't know why I didn't play Mass Effect 2. I have no excuse on that actually. Mm. I mean, if you got the time now, they're, they've are they been remastered. and Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I told my fiance, yeah. I was like, I will just get the remasters at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I played yeah, I mean, Aspect One so many times. Yeah, man, I, you, like, you can't you can't beat that deal, man. Like sixty bucks for you know if you're playing on last gen, I guess the the only version, you know, sixty bucks for like three of some of the best, well-regarded games of all time. And yeah, I, you know, jumping into Mass Effect Two uh, back when I played it a few years ago, because I went into it late. Like uh, I, I just picked two and three up at a GameStop for like five bucks each or whatever it was. Just like, oh well, you know. I'm super sad and depressed at the moment. This was a few years ago. Uh, I'm super sad and depressed at the moment. So like I, I need something to do. So I just picked up these games that cheap. And, you know, I was, uh, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just read the synopsis of one like on Wikipedia or whatever. And man, it is not the same. <laughs> it is not the same. It's just reading the synopsis. You have to actually experience that story, dude. So definitely like you said that. I says that's this game is what I mean by saying that my love, my current love of RPG games. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, w- what what are some of the details of your character from Mass Effect One? How did you how did you play that story? Uh, like I said I generally how I generally play most open world games. Let you choose how to play. I'm generally more of a middle of the road, leaning paragon type character. Mm-hmm. I generally my attitude is I'm generally like I want to do the good thing but I will make questionable decisions if I think it's the right call. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I did it too. Like I won't let either my crew 
or people questioning my authority walk all over me, but I am going to do the right thing. And one of the things, like at least for Mass Effect 1, this is the case. I, I know they kind of um, ease it up for Mass Effect 2 and 3, but like I, I feel like the game punishes you for playing middle of the road. I, I I think the game definitely wants you to be all the way Paragon or all the way Renegade to get like you know those max bonuses for those for yes. those either side because the story can go very differently if you don't have those options unlocked. Yeah, exactly. Because if, if you play middle of the road, you can't unlock those max Paragon options in the dialogue or max Renegade options. So you're just kind of like, did I fail this mission? I don't know. Like this guy got mad at me because i'm trying to calm him down and like i can see the the grayed out dialogue that you won't let me choose <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so i mean that's i, I feel like just if, if i were to harbor any criticism on uh mass effect one it would be that you know there, there should at least be an option for somebody who plays it down the down the middle or somebody who plays like morally gray or whatever you know yeah all right so i gotta ask you between caden and ashley who'd you save um, I don't like. Oh, this is a spoiler, by the way. Uh, I, I uh, uh, Ashley's casual racism. Thank you. Really, like, off put me. So, like, thank you. I so I just I just saluted Ashley. I was like, you know what, Ashley, doing the right thing. Thanks for saving us, bud. <laughs> like, I don't know how many playthroughs I've seen on YouTube of people that save Ashley. I don't, and they just people. There is so much online hate for Caden, and I'm like, I like Caden. I don't I see Kaden, what's wrong. Yeah, with I don't. I don't see what's wrong with Caden either. Like, yeah, I, I, I see the, I see the criticism. It's mostly for the romance options, from what I understand. People are like super thirsty for, um, fucking. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I curse. I got to bleep that out. I, I, people are so like thirsty for Garrus. And I'm like, I'm like what? Oh, you want to okay. romance this cricket man? I'm like, uh, listen, my romance option in those games was always uh, Tally. Oh yeah, yeah, you can romance her in, in part one because I know you can romance her in three. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. No, because she's not. I, I don't remember exactly. I'm, I'm currently right at the beginning of my. Uh, second playthrough of two at the moment so i'm, I'm gonna go through uh, the legendary edition just all all three games is just uh just just go through all of them all all at the same time so um so so did you play as a, a male shepherd then uh yes i yeah. uh, i have this weird thing anytime it gives the option to name your character and i cannot explain where this came from my character's name is always dak dak yeah d-a-c-c Oh, D-A-C-C? D-A-C, sorry. Oh, okay. D-A-C-C is very alien, I wonder. Yeah. I, I, that, that probably fits in the Mass Effect <laughs> It probably would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from in my brain, but every game that I have the option to name my character, that is what his name is. Is even if... Do you feel compelled to do that even if he doesn't like fit the style of like the lore of the or the world or the time I will make thing? exceptions. <laughs> There, there, there are exceptions. There have been games where I'm like, okay, I have to either spell it different or come up with a different <laughs> name because it doesn't make any sense. Right, right. World. That's like, fascinating not, to me. It would not make a sense having this character be named that in like medieval times. Yeah. <laughs> Hawk thou, Dak. <laughs> Putteth back those doubloons. <laughs> so, do you... <laughs> I broke Daniel. <laughs> You did, uh, yeah, man. The, w w did you? 
was so was Mass Effect one like your first kind of foray into um, kind of RPG style style games? Uh, not quite. That was definitely after I had already started getting into more RPG style games, but it was definitely. I don't think I had played a game with that. I never not played a third person RPG. Yeah, that was that was new to me too. Like uh, those Western styles. You know, most of the RPGs that I play were mostly like Japanese RPGs. You know, you know, Final Fantasy and and Dragon Quest and uh, you know all you know all those ones are like famous from like Square Enix and stuff. But the um, I, I I'm pretty sure Mass Effect Two was my first Western RPG if if memory serves me right. But the like, man, what a what, if 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 that was like one of your early um, forays into that, like what a great way to start. Like the the writing is great. You know, the, you know, even playing like the the remaster, uh, just finishing that last week, like, you know, the animations are stiff. You know, it's not as, it's not the most fluid looking game, but, you know, I've never been like a graphics kind of guy anyway. But, you know, yeah. so it, it can like take the immersion out every now and then There's a super intense moment and like. The guy I'm talking to is like staring at me bug eyed just because the game <laughs> engine's like wonky. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's something about first mass effect, something about people's eyes. Oh man, I, the, just the, like the, why are you staring into my soul? <laughs> the amount of like unintentional laughter that I played in my first playthrough, like you know, the last couple of weeks. I, I think they need to patch that out, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I could just I just have this image of this Caden staring at me dead eyed, like, "Hi, Commander." <laughs> I'm like, "Caden, I'm like, I can't, I can't look at you, Caden. Just stop." Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I like talking to Tally, you know, just that yes. face shield. You know, you can't see the wonky eyes. It's it's good. It's good. I guess that's the way Garrus does work because Garrus is already looks so weird. I don't question it when his eyes don't blink. Yeah, you're just like it's just like oh hey sexy cricket man. Like it's it's <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit about about your alien race. You know? Yeah, yeah. Right on. But my love for Mass Effect 1 is, again, it's like, yeah, the controls are sometimes a little clunky, and it's not the prettiest game by today's comparisons, but the story and the impact that your choices have on the story mm, yeah, is what like I love so much about it. You still feel like those choices, too, you know? And I wouldn't say that, like, in you know, in those big, you know, uh, Paragon versus Renegade, like, choices that you have to make throughout the story, I wouldn't say I ever regretted what I chose, but it definitely made me like set the controller down, like really think like, what do I want to say here? Well, how do I want to act? Like how, who is this going to impact and how is this going to affect my subsequent playthroughs of who, you know, for the other games, who, who's live, who's going to live, who's going to die and stuff. Cause you know, like I said, like I started from two, so I didn't have like the consequences of my actions from part one, you know, I guess it defaults to whatever the, to whatever Bioware thought was like the, you know the, the the actual lore or whatever but like now going into two which is going to be a completely different playthrough for me from when i first played it like this is going to be a, a a much more different experience for me so dude you got to finish the fight yes i like to, i kind of just say how i that is one of the coolest mechanics of the game where your choices from the first game affect the second game and affect into the third game because i can't think of any other game series that's done that yeah it's not a lot that there's not a lot that actually do it or at least do it to that extent like maybe dragon age but like you know i'm not familiar with that franchise i know it's another bioware franchise but uh yeah Yeah, i I think uh, i played like 10 minutes of dragon age origins and that is one game where i could not get past the controls mm -hmm. 
Is it is it because they didn't let you change your name to Dak? So. <laughs> yeah, yes. Doesn't let me change my name to Dak because zero out of five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, Dak wouldn't fit in this world. I got to return it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man, Mass Effect. What a what a great choice, dude. Like, a, like, and and I I'm gonna again. That's another bucket list thing. I'm gonna try to push on you. You know, get you to play a Final Fantasy game. Play Mass Effect two and three. I implore you, dude will definitely do that all right here we go this is the big reveal save the best for last daniel what is your favorite game of all time and how long have you held it to this regard uh man how long i've held it as my favorite game i don't know if when i would have consciously thought yeah this is my favorite game but since i've been playing it i look at the calendar now Approaching on 10 years. Ooh, say, it's a classic. All right. I say my favorite game of all time is The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Skyrim. Nice, dude. Now, that's a game that, like, after my wife fell in love with both The Witcher 3 and Breath of the Wild, you know, she was thinking, like, you know, is, are there any other... You know, she was asking me, like, are there any other games like this, like, where, you know, you get like the choices that you can make in the Witcher three with that medieval setting, but like you get that freedom of breath of the wild. And I was like, well, the only thing I could think of is Skyrim, but you know, so I showed her like some gameplay of stuff. And it's like, and it's like, Oh, well we'll have to pick that up at some point. But you know, that's, that's another game that both her and I do not have any experience in despite how many consoles and (laughs) re-releases I'm the one guy in the world that Bethesda is still trying to sell Skyrim to because I haven't bought it yet. <laughs> and I've bought it multiple times. How many times have you bought it? Give me a minute. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, when did you first play it? We'll, I first we'll played it. I, I, I bought it on release day back okay. in 2011 on the Xbox 360. 2011. Man, that game yeah. is classic. Yeah, no. And like, I told you this fun part is I didn't actually really like it at first. Oh, well, well, what's the reason for that? I think because that really was my first experience with the open world, like just that open world. It's just kind of like I didn't know what to do because I didn't have a direction. And it mm. really wasn't until probably about until I talked to a friend of mine that I knew. And he was basically I was like, well, how do you like playing games? He's like, you got to pick your race that's going to best fit you to what you want to do. And that's oh, what I it all kind of I didn't realize clicked. that. Yeah. So picking a race actually changes the way you're going to play the game it doesn't really choose it just gives you bonuses and it makes it easier oh so certain like, like certain things like magic yeah. or so or magic yeah. or melee okay like to give you an example you wouldn't want to play a uh, wood elf and just go in there with light armor and a two-handed weapon you're going to probably get shot to pieces by arrows all right all right makes sense can't, it's kind of like you want to play a faster more brawler type of melee game you probably want a bulkier build okay makes sense yeah like you know that's classic fantasy rpg stuff you know so it's, it's cool that they incorporate that into the series yeah like i said i cannot tell you how many playthroughs of this game i have like i lo- i don't have a clue it's dozens of playthroughs of this game so you bought it when it came out on I think I remember the, the, the release date. It was like, it was 11, 11, 11. That's what it was. That's right. Yes, it so, was. So well, what, what, uh, what, what, uh, console or platform did you play this on? I said de- a 360. 360. Okay. So you were mainly like a 360 kid, you know? Uh, yeah, that was definitely my main console that helped me grow into like my, I say uh, me as a 
me as a gamer. As a gamer. As a gamer. <laughs> so you got it on 360. Uh, what else would it have been on at that point? Yeah. I guess PC too? Yeah. Well, let's say I definitely, that's, I guess I didn't buy it as many times as I thought, but I did buy all the DLC. That's probably what makes me think I've owned this game so many oh, times. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because there are three DLCs for the game. Like story port, uh, like story expansions, or yeah, there's two story expansions. One just like one expansion just lets you build a house. Oh, that, that's like, okay. I thought you were going to continue that sentence. Okay, <laughs> no, no, no. It lets you buy a plot of land, mine the resources, and build a house. Is there like story implications to that? Nope. Like, are you trying to? Nope. Oh. That, that is. It, that's why it's like, and it so but somehow they convinced me to pay ten dollars for it. Ah, I mean, that's not too bad if it gives you something to do, right? Yeah, like I said, it's just, it was fun. I, like, I, I I liked it. It was definitely a fun little thing. I could actually build a mansion out in the woods. Yeah, yeah. To store all my stuff so I don't have to have Lydia, one of my followers, just carry it around for me all the time. <laughs> don't have to use her as a pack mule. <laughs> but and the other two, the other two workstore expansions, Dawn Guard, which like does a lot of stuff with vampire lore in the game. Oh, that's cool. And Dragon Boar, which basically, uh, as, in the, as I assume you probably know, and most people probably do know that. It adds it, dragons to Skyrim, right? The first no. time the dragons appear is in Dragonborn. <laughs> right. Dragonborn, basically, since you play as the quote-unquote last Dragonborn in Skyrim, the Dragonborn DLC lets you battle the first Dragonborn. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. How long of a game is that, like, in general? Uh, like if you just played the main story, I think you could probably finish the main story fairly quickly. Oh, okay. Like I don't think the main story is excessively long. Like I would definitely say this, comparing it to more modern games, The Witcher 3's can't like main story is probably a lot longer. It's probably uh that's only a third to half longer than what Skyrim's was. A third to half longer. Okay. So uh I I remember doing like a really quick playthrough just because I wanted to replay the story in Witcher 3 and I just put it on easy mode so I don't have to worry about leveling up and I just mainlined that story and it took about 20 hours. Gotcha. All right, let's see. I just looked it up real quick. The main, the, uh, most of us said it takes about, okay, maybe about 30 hours to complete oh, okay. the main Skyrim storyline. So pretty standard like RPG fare, which is pretty good. Yeah, like I said, but you know, you can get lost for hours just doing all the side stuff and just exploring. Yeah, and that's like the main sell of the game, isn't it? Yes, because like I say, like when I replay it, I really don't put much focus on playing the main story. You still have your 360 hooked up, and this is what you like mainly replay on it, or do you replay it on something else? I mainly replay it because let's say when I got an Xbox One. And I moved in with my roommate. My roommate had Game Pass, and we game shared. And at a time, uh, Skyrim was Skyrim Legendary Edition or Special Edition, I forget what it's called, that had all the DLC on it was on Game Pass. So I downloaded that and played it a lot. And that's pretty much what I played on it since. Makes sense. Yeah. Xbox did you one. ever? Did you play uh, Morrowind and Oblivion beforehand, or uh, before no. this, or is your only experience with uh, Elder Scrolls is Skyrim? Yeah, it's all with Skyrim. Though, cool. again, because of that same roommate, I did go back. I 
as Anne play tried to play Morrowind. That's a game where it's like I understand why people love it, but it's since I didn't play it when it came out, I can't get into it because the controls are so of did its not time. age well. Yeah, I mean, you, there's no sprint, and that makes and there's no fast travel. You have to walk everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's and a, that's a no, great way to pad out game time there. Yeah, and there's <laughs> no game. real there's no real map. So you have to literally follow the road signs to know where you're going. Oh wow. There's no yeah. and there's no compass in like the corner of the screen. So it's really just like drop you in the world, find a road, tell you where to go. That sounds like a freaking nightmare, dude. It's but yeah, I was like, and my and my friend swears by it because he played it when it came out. And I'm just like, I get it, dude. I, I but I can't. Yeah, I mean, if you've been playing it that long too, and you have so much memories about it, and you can literally look at like the horizon, and be like, oh yeah, I'm going this direction, as if like you lived there. But yeah, of course, Morrowind's gonna be your favorite game, right? Yeah, but I did actually go back and and play oblivion i actually just recently on vacation found it found a copy of oblivion on the xbox one when they re-released it for like two dollars and i was like oh well, i might as well it would be on game pass too i mean microsoft yeah they just put it on game now. pass but yeah cool. this is right before they put on game pass which i currently don't pay for anymore but <laughs> Well, Skyrim's definitely going to be one of my bucket list games too. Again, like yeah. again, I'm I'm the one guy in the world who hasn't played Skyrim, and like my wife has definitely been itching for a game along the lines of Breath of the Wild and and The Witcher Three. And she, you know, when I get her on the show, she's definitely going to talk about those games at length. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, again, just one of those games, just like Far Cry Three, highly regarded. I just never got into it for whatever reason, and you know, it, it, I just when it came out, like. You know, I wasn't making a lot of money and my daughter was very young. And, you know, this is one of those things I just kept meaning to play, but it got thrown to the wayside. I think it came out very similar, like very close to Batman Arkham City. And there's no way I'm not playing Batman Arkham City. So, like, I, I, you know, I scratched together all the nickels I had, you know, and, and, you know, paid that off. So (laughs) this this is just a game that got lost to time with me, man. But. I gotcha. But yeah, it's like this just everything about like the whole idea that I can be whatever I want. I can I can their whole stuff. And uh, the uh, edition that's on the Xbox one lets you download mods on console. Oh, man, that's incredible. And that has brought a whole new like that. That's what reinvigorated me like a couple of years ago to really get into it hardcore. Yeah. I mean, just being a creature on the Internet, I've seen a lot of these Skyrim mods and like, you know, thomas the tank like flying through the sky you know that's some of the best you know content i've ever seen in my life (laughs) what kind of stuff do you like to play with i mainly just like uh mods that either give you new weapons new spells and honestly just like maybe make the game harder okay cool that sounds like like what i I would do too like I, i as much as fun as like seeing like you know teletubbies like charge at you down the street and stuff like i can't I, I i can never in good conscience like break the immersion of a game like you know i'll, I'll watch a video about it but i i don't want to be the one playing it you know I'll, yeah so i would do like you i'll put like new weapons and you know gameplay modifiers and stuff yeah because there's this guy that did like a whole series of mods for the console that just like make things like make stealth more realistic like you know enemies have peripheral vision you can't just crouch uh, right next to them to their profile and them not notice you was that really a thing <laughs> that yeah that yes i can be 
if you get your sneak level high enough, I can crouch in front of somebody and they won't know where I am. <laughs> where did you go? Where did, where did you go? <laughs> that is my probably favorite thing. It's just like so many times playing the game is I love that you know the UI itself and the AI are clearly not as advanced. <laughs> I can sneak up to a guy, shoot him in the back of the head with the arrow. His friends will come looking around the room and then they'll go, huh, must have been the wind. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, clearly not. If you don't know where I am, that's fine. But your friend is clearly dead with an arrow in his neck. Oh, I don't he's, think he's, he's, just, wind. he's just napping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like, but do it makes the mods make stealth harder, make resources harder to find because you need like different metals and stuff to make your weapons and armor better. Yeah, it's crazy to me that like this single player game, you know, has no no online component, right? There's no like Montan yeah, multiplayer. Nope, thing? They, nope. They uh, Bethesda prided themselves on never having multiplayer in their games, and then they released Elder Scrolls Online, and well, we just don't talk about that game. Uh, in Fallout seventy six, I forget. Even worse. <laughs> but uh, it, it's fascinating to me that like this offline RPG that has existed for so long on, and it's on every. It's on Alexa. It's on my toaster. It's on the microwave, and it's like it 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 has still has this thriving community, and it's still being like, and and the gameplay is still evolving through the community. Now that like fascinates me. I can't think of another example of a single player game that has you know new content that's provided by the community like that. You know. Yeah, and here and all I can hope is that I will live to see Elder Scrolls Six released. Oh, I mean, E three is down is right this weekend, my friend. You know, uh, yeah. you know the the big Bethesda Xbox game conference is this Sunday. So, yeah. you know, what 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 are the chances? Do you think we're gonna see whatever that new Elder Scrolls is gonna be called? I think very low because they're most likely Bethesda's gonna put all their weight behind Starfield, which well, apparently yeah. I'm reading is a Xbox Series X exclusive, and my heart is very sad about this. Well. I think that leads us down to this conversation now. What are the current consoles that you own? And go ahead and lead with the uh, PS5 because I'm going to get up and go get a drink because I don't want to hear this. I don't want... No, I'm just kidding. But the... <laughs> Well, you see, Mike, as a cultured PlayStation 5 owner, Oh, you're a man of you culture. You wouldn't understand. Oh, yeah. I mean, please, please tell me what, what it's like to own a PlayStation 5, Daddy. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't understand. I'm so poor, you see, you know? <laughs> I'll say, well, son. <laughs> but no, seriously, like PlayStation 5, yep, definitely the newest console that I got. Just got mm-hmm. it a, month, a couple of months ago after trying for so, so long. You guys, you guys have seriously been trying since November? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you've uh, told me prior to getting one that you were primarily an Xbox uh, I mean, I, it shows like all these, all these games here are like they're all on Xbox 360, yep. and uh, you know, your 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 I'm not gonna say loyalties, but like its its effect on your taste is very like apparent. So, what made you switch over to uh, PlayStation Five? Really, it's because in the later years of the Xbox One and PS4's life cycle, I just kept seeing all these great games come. I was like, I want to play that, and I see like PlayStation exclusive. And just and I'll be completely honest. Until Microsoft just now purchasing Bethesda, Xbox didn't really have anything. Yeah, and that's the main reason why I never bought it into the Xbox One too, because I had an Xbox Prime, I had a 360, and I was excited 
going into 2013 to be like, all right, what's the, or what what is what is PlayStation Four and whatever the next box is gonna is gonna be, and then they, and then they and then Xbox had that press conference and my heart was shattered. I'm like, what? It's a television box and you watch TV on it, and what? Okay, what? But surely they have games, right? They're gonna talk about games, and I think I saw somebody do like a mathematical timeline of how many seconds they spent on games in that conference. And it was like 23% of that infamous E3 press conference was spent talking about games. The rest was about, oh, here's, look at what connect, a connect, um, uh, turn on sports, uh, connect, turn on the TV, connect, throw away every video game I have because I won't need this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So I, I, th- I think a lot of people's perceptions were definitely skewed towards, uh, you know, the PlayStation family at that point. And, you know, it was, it was PlayStation's generation to win this one that just passed. So, yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, and just so basically my, me having a PS5 was basically an excuse to go back and play a bunch of PS4 games oh, and man, PS3 have... games that I have not got a chance to play. So much to catch up on, dude. Like I'm s- like I like my, my shelf is like my, my just my PlayStation 4 shelf is like two stacks high and like i'm so excited to like to like recommend you games to catch up on dude like and you get that uh, ps5 it's gonna upscale it a little bit like ooh, yeah totally like and me and the fiance just uh decided to start paying for playstation now which i looked at i was like okay so this is just playstation's version of game pass but better essentially yeah Uh, from my understanding like i don't have playstation now I don't even have PlayStation Plus, to be honest. Like, uh, yeah, we're, then, we decided not to go with Plus, but now was definitely the thing that got us. Yeah, because... they've got like some classic games on there too. You can download, but uh, from my understanding, like the infrastructure isn't like all, um, like uh, you know, up to date or whatever. Like, can you like expand on that? Have you been having issues with it at all? We haven't had issues yet. We haven't used it all like a ton, but we haven't had any issues so far. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, if you continue, if you have any issues or anything just kind of let me know too that's a that's a service that i've been like looking at but never really wanted to jump into because i haven't heard a lot of good things about it but yeah so i'd, I'd love to hear like your perspective on it but uh yeah but, uh, totally because you... i look at it and the playstation exclusives like i said are so much better like i've never played any of the infamous games they're all mm. on playstation now and i've been mm. curious to play them man oh i played them all they're so good dude <laughs> it's like I will report back when I've played them. <laughs> uh, you also told me before that you played on PC. You've been, you, you dabbled in some PC gaming as well, right? A very, very light PC gaming. I don't have a laptop that runs the best. Like, it, probably, it mostly can play old games, but... Mm. Have you tried running anything on uh, Xbox Game Pass on there? Because from my understanding, it should work on like pretty moderate pcs and laptops as well because you're just streaming the game you're not downloading anything yeah i have not yet so that might be you know that might whatever this xbox bethesda conference this sunday turns out to be that might be the little nudge that you might need to you know try that out dude because i've 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 actually never dabbled in pc gaming at all you know i've never that's not a that's not something I've ever like dipped my toes into, but uh, you know, at, at, my brother-in-law, like, he's a he's a big PC gamer. He plays Final Fantasy fourteen a bunch, and like every time we talk, every time we he comes to visit, like he's just constantly he, 
he's making he's teasing us of course but like oh look at you console plebs <laughs> so like you know there's there's definitely like a lot of like um incentive for me to like want to play games on the pc too like i want to get good at like uh you know some first person shooter seat you know and there's like art there's like rts's that like you know i want to try on on pc as well and then of course xbox game pass like i, I it's hard for me you know work as a working class dude father uh, you know with bills and responsibilities to you know to um, justify spending another five hundred dollars when we're all when we already have when we already set aside five hundred dollars for the ps5 so to do another one for the for the xbox series x like that's that's a that's a big ask so you know if if, if it works on our laptop or whatever that might be a good thing so can't wait to Definitely. see what we come up with or can't wait, can't wait to see what like new stuff is down the line this weekend dude so yeah sorry oh it's okay so you don't have a switch i do not i have uh uh, well going into like consoles i i have and currently own the last nintendo console i owned was a gamecube oh wow you've been out of the nintendo game for a long time dude yep wow is it just like those nintendo games just don't speak to you what's the reason behind that yeah, I think it was definitely just because, again, when I was really started getting a game was the Wii era, and uh, there just wasn't a lot that was exclusives on the Wii that, like, really, that really grabbed me. I'm back mm-hmm. now to where I just want to play all those old Mario games, and I'm hearing that Nintendo kind of has a service similar to a Game Pass type thing where it lets you play all those classic Nintendo games on a Switch. That's yeah, the big selling yeah. point to me. Yeah, if you have the Nintendo online service, there are like um select games. There you, you can't just, you know, go in there and pick whatever SNES or NES game that you want, but like there are select curated games on uh, SNES and NES that that you can play, like you know the old Zelda games and the old Mario games as well. It's a couple of the Metroid games from from what I see and and some cool like classics that people might have missed as well but uh yeah it's so it's not like a big extensive like game pass uh game pass style uh catalog which is a shame because you know they have all these games that i'm sure people would pay good money to play but for whatever oh, yeah, reason i i almost uh pulled the trigger and got a snes classic when those things were first being sold but i was just like i don't know <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I almost bit, I almost pulled the trigger on that too, and I was like, uh, do do I? So I, I ultimately decided not to, but like, it, it really was just like shelf space too, because I had like at that time yeah. like four consoles out in the living room, so I was like, nah, I'll pass. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to make space for a tiny little novelty novelty thing. Do you, so do are you interested in getting a Switch? Uh, definitely we and uh, the fans I have like we've debated it like walking like you know doing stuff like being at Walmart and we see the shelf of them of them there we always debate we're like do we need to get a switch should we get a switch I don't know they're like we'll haul off mm. you know if if the rumors turn out to be true and like the switch pro you know the new Nintendo switch pro or whatever new iteration of the switch comes out and they somehow discount the 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 current version of switch that might be the perfect time to get in dude because like no joke i think the switch is nintendo's best console like there's something there for everybody there's family friendly games there's classics there's classic remasters there's 
stuff for us hardcore gamers and you know is there there's just these so many like weird stuff like there there's literally something for everything for everybody and like it's one of the best purchases we've ever made certainly in my life too so like i don't i don't think you'll regret it at all if you do jump in with that switch and again i got a huge catalog of switch games i can recommend you dude like you know let's 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 one of the things i think we should do is definitely like keep throwing stuff at each other's backlogs and see who gets through them first you know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think me and my fiance decided that perhaps the best time to get is waiting for our son to get a little bit older and we're like Mm. we can justify this as for a long car ride, this is going will be a good investment in the future. Oh yeah, dude, and and that's the best thing about the Switch. Just you know, play it on the TV, turn it off, pick it up, and go, and pick up right where you left off, man. Like it's yeah. it was so cool. Like you know, my family and I took the train last week to Little Tokyo in Los Angeles, and like my and like I had my Switch. I was playing Breath of the Wild, and we and because that game is so immersive and eats up so much of your time, I felt like I was playing for like twenty minutes, dude. And it's like, oh, I mean, it, it's, it, I'm not going to say like, I, I don't know what I do without the switch, but like, it's, it's made so many things of like waiting or just, you know, eating up my free time. Like, you know, my wife sometimes likes to, or my daughter likes to put on some stuff on the TV. So like, I'll just play switch right next to her, you know? So it's like, whoo, what a, what a, what a, what a piece of machinery. That sounds awesome, man. All right. So I think. That'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, but before we go, Daniel, uh, what 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 you got over there? That's it. Oh oh, right here. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that? That's it. I got some some very loud car in my parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not that. I, no, not that. What what you got over there? Oh, over there, over there. I got some Vikings. Vikings. So, that's a yes. that's a series on what, Showtime, right? I think. That's it. Uh, I don't know exactly what it was. I think originally, I believe it was on History Channel. Oh, okay. So is this like and a historical drama, or uh, I would say historical fiction. Oh, okay. Uh, all the seasons are on Prime Video, so if you have that, easy to watch. That's why I'm currently watching it. I finished the first two seasons, and uh, me being a huge love history and historical fiction. This show is, uh, it'll satiate you. That's what you like. Oh, okay. Is, is this an ongoing series or is, has it like uh, it a series literally like finished? just ended, in, I think, in November of last year. Oh, so the series, like the series finale is done. Yeah, it just, fin- yeah, just finished in 2020. Oh, right on. Yeah, I've heard like really good things about this. Like what's, what, what's like the Cliff Notes version of what this, what the story is about? Like Cliff Notes is like I said, it's like a, overly dramatized fictionalized version of like the viking era of like viking invasions of england from the perspective of the vikings mm-hmm. i said you basically just follow the main character uh, ragnar and his family which i think it does the thing that i really like is it balances epic like battles like political drama and family drama which are like my favorite things and shows and balances them all very well Oh, that's cool, dude. Yeah, I think my wife would be super into this. Like, she has, you know, she her background. She has a very like Scandinavian history in her family too. So, you know, she's very, she's very attracted to like Norse mythology and like Norse history and stuff like that. So, I want to bring this up to her and see if she wants to check this out. So, this is on Amazon, and can we? Do you know if this is available anywhere else? Uh, I 
See, I think that's where I'm pretty sure you can probably obviously buy it on iTunes, and I'm sure there are other ways to find and watch it if you're <coughs> hard enough. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry, had a lot of uh, had a lot of pirates in my throat, you know. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, right on, dude. Yeah, this is a, again. I've heard like nothing but good things about this show. That, I'm, that's, that's super cool to hear that you're uh, you're uh, checking this out. Yep, I said. Uh, what about you, Mike? You got something there for us? Oh, 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 oh this? Yeah, that. Oh, oh, dang it! Oh, I dropped it. Actually, well, uh, I, I, actually, you, <laughs> you actually stole my uh, what you what you got there uh, not too long ago. I actually was just going to talk about how I finished Mass Effect One for the first time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just reiterate what I said, dude. Like, I've never played Mass Effect One before, and I figured like the Legendary Edition was like the perfect time to, to, to check it out. Um, but um, actually, you know what? No, I, I, since I already talked about that, the, the Snyder Cut, I watched it again. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, so this I've is my... heard a lot of people have thoughts on that. You know what, people? You can have your thoughts. I'm going to have my Snyder Cut, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, like the, the, the Snyder Cut, of course, is like Zack Snyder's like vision of what the Justice League was supposed to be, just but this is like the this is like the freaking like unhinged version. It's four hours long. There's like almost no editing cuts, and it's oh. like it like borders on like insanity. But I'm all in for it, dude. Like <laughs> I, I have been curious because I don't think I hated Justice League as much as a lot of people did. I just kind of sh- after it was over, shrugged went that was a okay movie that was Not, certainly a movie that happened that was released in theaters and um existed yeah um, i think <laughs> i just didn't get upset by it because man of steel and uh batman v superman had already beaten me down so much my expectations were so low going into it and i was like well that could have been a lot worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah i completely understand like i'm like in 2013 when man of steel came out like i, I was very cynical on it because like I, i'm very protective of my dc characters like dc is like well you know what i grew up like reading a lot so you know Same. for the superman lore you know to have jonathan kent be this cynical or modern day like cynical but like very protective father who's trying to teach his son to hide what makes him special like that made me very cynical at the time but i've kind yeah. of grown to just read that as a different interpretation of an overprotective father and like and it made me think like maybe this is how i would think if my kid could like you know have the whole world at its boot you know like maybe i would teach it like you know maybe you should you know use your powers for good but it's up to you it's up to you totally your choice you know (laughs) yeah i think my main issue with steel is like to me they just made superman batman yeah, and I can see that criticism too, you know, and uh, I, I think it's just that need to make, you know, Superman gritty, which I'm which always like, like opposed to because, yes, you know, because that's that seems like a fundamental misunderstanding of the character. Yeah, from it's, a, it's very antith- antithetical to like the core of that character, but like I can see. I've grown to like appreciate Man of Steel, right? Like, I, like, I, I, I appreciate it for what it is. That's it's like an Elseworld story. That's kind of where I sit with it. But like, maybe Superman 
if if a world feared him and didn't understand him and like talked down to him because they feared him so much like maybe he would be like cynical and grumpy and be like you know well do these people really deserve me or something like that and i like that i've grown to appreciate that take so now with the new perspective like i'm one of those weirdos who were like yeah i love bvs man like you know with all the flaws that batman v superman has dude like that is the best interpretation of a live action batman i've ever seen man i like this we no one can deny that flag oh man like i know he kills i know i know know, i i've i've made my peace with yeah same still bothers me but it's like it's like i just accept okay that's what this movie is yeah and like you know jesse eisenberg's lex luther is not i mean the riddler oh oh hello hello hi hi superman song yeah yeah. i'm not like that is that is a miscasting if i ever saw one but i know what they were going for like i completely understand that that need to make like a um what's his name mark zuckerberg type smarmy rich entitled jerk um, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to curse here, but like, you know, the, the, the trying to make that type of like entitled human being who thinks he's above Superman. Like, I think that's a brilliant idea, but like the execution is just like off. But regardless of that, like I love BVS and I just think it's a I love the ultimate edition, especially like the the unhinged three hour cut. So I have not seen that either. <laughs> Dude, go back and see the like the ultimate edition. There's scenes that were pulled from the theatrical cut that like fill in like like proper plot you know the, in the theatrical cut like lex luther's plan makes no sense because warner brothers made Zack Snyder cut it down to two and a half hours and like it and it makes him even crazier <laughs> yeah like i i think the biggest question i heard of was what was your plan lex like okay uh say that superman dies how do you stop the thing that killed him? How do you stop Doomsday? Yeah, exactly. So that's a plot hole still in the Ultimate Edition, but still, like, uh, <laughs> but the the main plot, you know, of him trying to get Batman to kill Superman for him and uh, to prove to the world that Superman is actually, like, you know, w- would kill given the chance, like, that plan makes much more sense in the with the scenes that were cut. So, like, I've grown to be, like, this quote-unquote snyder apologist right that's so very interesting i feel we could we could have many conversations oh my about gosh that. dude i would love to sit down with you on the same couch and watch all three of these movies i've talked with my family about this they are totally not for this but <laughs> i uh, want wait. to sit down with somebody and watch i've calculated nine hours of man of steel all the way up to zack snyder the end of zack snyder's justice league and just geek out dude and i'm like dude daniel watch this part it makes so much sense with the ultimate version and it's gonna pay off in zack snyder's justice league dude like i'm that weirdo dude i'm sorry yeah but Uh, but anyway i understand a big commitment to movies i just got my fiance (laughs) to watch all of the extended editions of lord of the rings oh my gosh my wife and i are right in the middle of that because i bought her the extended editions for christmas i got the extended editions for christmas too oh dude did you get like the in that like um like bind like book like special uh packaging yes oh it's so beautiful dude pretty oh but anyway yeah i watched the Snyder's justice league not too long ago because i uh for the fifth time because i love it that's 20 hours of content dude 
<laughs> Daniel, it's been a blast talking games with you, my friend. What a great first episode we had. I say, yeah, man, it's been awesome talking to you too. Yeah, so I uh, you know, we're so you know, we're we've recorded this in June. We're recording this before E3 and Summer Games Fest. So we're gonna we're gonna come back in maybe a week or two. Not quite sure uh, what, what what our next recording schedule is gonna look like, but definitely gonna be talking. Uh, you know, the big. Uh, the big games from E3, what that means for the gaming industry going forward, what's, you know, uh, some of the, and, and of course, just because it's a hype season, what are the games that we're hyped on? You know, is that going to impact our uh, gaming decisions going forward? Is that going to impact what we're playing now? Maybe to catch up on some new releases that are coming down the line? Who knows? But I want to thank you, the listener, for checking out this week's episode of the Dorkiest Podcast. Uh, I think as of this recording, we are on like five more uh, podcasting platforms. We are currently now on. Um, I, we were currently on um, Spotify. We are now on Amazon, Amazon Music. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts now, uh, and then a few others like Breaker and uh, uh, Pocket Casts and stuff like that too. So, if there is a podcasting platform, I don't know how you're listening to this, or maybe you're listening to it from another podcast. But if there's a platform that you think I might have missed, or um, you know, think we should be on, just let me know, and I can I can go submit the RSS feed uh, over there. Um, but uh, you can follow us over on Twitter. We're at the we're at dork or at dorkiest podcast. Uh, we have we I, I just followed a bunch of like gaming sites and stuff. So you know, you know, <laughs> get, let's get some real people on there. You know, <laughs> but uh, or you can email us over at the dorkiest podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, I, I have a good feeling that we're gonna have a good time with this show. I had a great time talking with you, Daniel, and I look forward to talking to you again, my friend. Happy E3, happy Summer Games Fest, and uh, we will talk again sometime soon. All right. Okay, talk to you next time, Mike. All right, bud. GG's. GG's.